With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks, depending on what that drink is, preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going? I'm Kelly Boyer, Jamie. Soda. I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Maple syrup. Bella. Welcome to the dive bar of the IWC. Welcome to Wrestling on the Rocks, episode one. Again, guys, I'm Matt Ref Marsh. We are at WOTR the show. With me today, the other half of the legendary tag team podcasting duo, the Ironics. We got Kevlar on the rocks with an X. I'm still not gonna get used. To it. I know, dude. Some things are just so great; it's hard to it's hard to like. You know what I mean? Like some like some things are just so perfect, like it never gets old. Yeah, you can't wrap your head around. You're just like, how could this be? It's like perfection, you know? Oh, oh. I didn't set up the zoom right, and now Grim's freaking out. So I'm gonna fix that for him. There we go. Now, anyone who's watching, we're back in business, baby. <laughs> Tactical difficulties. Take a drink. Well, uh, done. Yeah. Let's start with a little bit. What's in your What's in your glass? I'm going back with the core seltzer. Core seltzer. Those are so good. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have here in a little bit Winchester straight bourbon whiskey and a coffee. I'm having a super coffee. It's my keto coffee. I was in Alaska for a week. I cheated a lot. This has a ton of like good digestive stuff for if you're on keto. So I'm hoping this will give me that old uh, that old blowout cleanse. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure, producer would love that. Oh yeah, can't get enough. Grim for starting the chat. So cheers to Grim Reaper. I do want to quip a quick mm-hmm. shout out because we happen to be recording on the day of the exact person who uh, opens and closes our shows properly. Actually, uh, Miss Bailey. Bailey's birthday today. It's a Bay Day, dude. Yeah, yeah. So happy birthday from your sheep, oh. Bailey. You needed a ding dong that birthday. A ding dong, a birthday. Yep, that works. <laughs> Fucking works, dude. Just in time coming through. Cheers to just in time. Uh, the in time wrestling podcast actually just went through a little bit of a, a rebranding themselves. They're uh, switching it up the way they're handling uh, their business. So check them out. In time wrestling podcast. Uh, not available on Apple Podcasts. Still uh, very upsetting to me. And at one of these points, I'm just going to hack into his system and do it myself, I think. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's all that stuff. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think what else was. Yeah, formalities and positivity. Get the positivity out of the way. This was a rough week, dude. We only, you mm-hmm. and me as a team... I only ask you to watch five hours of wrestling a week. I ask you to watch SmackDown and Raw. And it was tough. There was like a 60% failure rate this week. 
high school test scores. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Raw going through high school puberty all over again. Yeah, I uh, I even have Raw playing in the background uh, here, just looking for anything that is redeemable. We're talking about, and even the fucking app froze. Even they're like, I don't know, man. Are you sure you want to yeah, do sure? this? You already saw it the once. Or like, do you really want to replay this? Like, you're gonna put yourself through this again? Yeah. It's not even yeah. asking you if you're still watching it. Are you sure? Yeah. It's really like the the Netflix. Are you still watching this? And but instead, it pops up with that little. Why are you still watching this? Yeah. You know, like we could suggest other shows for you to watch. Yeah. It just starts changing the channel. <laughs> They're like, if you like this, stop watching it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. uh, I, I mean, to be honest, it wasn't like the worst week ever, but just was the, it was a big slump in a long time, which was a little frustrating because I feel like that Raw's been on a lot of hits lately. They've been knocking out of the yeah. park for a bit there. And then this one was really like invasion of the but, mid card. Yeah, but you can't forever, you know be on a steady incline eventually you gotta have your little valley and go that's down true. a bit so that's true every uh every peak has a valley uh well i guess mm-hmm. before we get into the shows themselves though i uh i mean i guess but there's no reason to ignore it but the only i don't i didn't have a, i mean there's there's news that popped today about vince mcmahon and a, uh, an apparent three million dollars worth of uh ndas to people leaving the company who may or may not have had affairs with him and such and i mean there's just a lot there that i don't know that i don't know that i need to know that is semi-interesting but just a lot to digest and even get combed through that i don't feel like i'm in any place to be all like here's what i think i'm also not a fucking lawyer so <laughs> there's not a lot there for me to be like, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't sound good. I'll tell you that. Uh, but apart from that, the only other news that's really out there right now, and I just don't want people to think I didn't, wasn't aware of it. I just don't have anything to say on it as of now. And so unless we do or until we do, then we'll leave it where it's at. Uh, the only other thing is, uh, is the obvious, the uh, uh, aggravated DUI that Jeff Hardy got. Uh, over the weekend, he was at a convention. He was playing music right after the convention. So, like, what it was, the convention was open, like, it was something like 6 to 10, and he was playing, like, 9.30 to 10.30. So it was kind of like closing out the convention kind of a deal. Uh, and it's all pretty obvious. This is all stuff that's just you can just see by just scrolling through Twitter. Like, you can see where he's at. You can see what he's wearing. You can see the stuff behind him. You can see the pictures of the meet and greets. He's in the same exact spot. Um, all that to say, uh, the comments that, uh, Matt Hardy and Reba Hardy have made since then was that they had no idea. They were nowhere around it. They took him home to his hotel and that was the last they know, but they're there with him. And it's yeah. obvious, like, like they're lying about something that's just right there in their face. So it's really weird, but either way yeah. they're lying about at least part of it, which is, uh, frustrating to say the least. But at the same time, you know, who's responsible for what? I don't know, man. Uh, it's a shitty situation. It's really tough. Uh, WWE releases him. Well, they give him an ultimatum less than a year ago. They said, go to rehab and clean up or lose your job. So he says he, ref- refused to- he said he refused to go to rehab 
and said, then terminate me, uh, to which they did. He then went on Matt Hardy's podcast and said, fuck the WWE for trying to make me go to rehab. Uh, I know what's best and what I need is my friends and family. Matt Hardy said, that's right. Uh, you're back with your brother where you belong. The WWE doesn't know what they're talking about. They celebrated when the drug test came back and there were no narcotics in his system. Uh, but here we are just a few months shy of that. And at the time we even talked about it. A lot of people were putting out speculation that he faked it for the sake of getting out of his contract and how brilliant is that. And I even said then it's a shitty thing to speculate on someone's character to begin with, but also someone who's got issues like at the end of the day, just be healthy. And, and here we are just a few months later, he's been arrested for DUI. He blew 0.294 the legal limit in Florida as is most places a 0.08. So it was over three times that, third third time in less than 10 years, uh, which just means that there's <clears> higher uh, uh, penalties on it. But it sucks, man. It's shitty. And now there's a lot of people going back and forth. I think my favorite IWC comment right now is, uh, let's not make this a WWE or AEW thing. Uh, the only thing that I find, I mean, I agree that it's not AEW versus WWE here. Uh, yeah. AEW did put out a statement that he's suspended indefinitely without pay until he completes some sort of rehab, which is good. They've pulled him from all things. Um, but at the same time, like I just think it's ironic the people who are getting the loudest about, let's not talk about AEW or WWE, let's focus solely on Jeff here. Because when Jeff left the WWE, it was pushed by those same voices that this is a WWE AEW thing. AEW would never do this. WWE doesn't know what they're doing. AEW's uh, the place he needs to be. It's where he's going to be best. It's all this stuff. People watching AEW are even saying like, hey, this is a lot. Like, And he's starting to act a little weird. Is someone keeping an eye on him? And like, there's just a lot. And so I think that to say that WWE and AEW aren't a part of the conversation as all at all is silly. But to say that either company is hold solely responsible for this either is also silly. Like this, it's a much more yeah. complex situation than that. Uh, I know that was a lot long-winded, a whole lot of threw at you. I don't know how much you knew or didn't know. Kev, what do you think, man? What's going on? Uh, well, you know, just like everyone else, first and foremost, you just want Jeff to get the help he needs. Yeah. And it's if it wasn't evident before, it's clear that he needs help. Yeah. You know professional help and you know like you said with the iwc where they're shitting on wwe saying you know you know i saw a bunch of that stuff too like you know they don't care about their uh, uh the performers as people they just care about the assets kind of like i just saw the new jurassic park and they talked about you know the dinosaurs being assets so mm -hmm. that's what it kind of reminded me of is you know yeah. a lot of people saying wwe just looks at you know the performers as assets and not as actual people and mm. you know like you said AEW or they were saying AEW wouldn't do this to their you know their family and stuff like that and it's clear that they're now you know forced to do that and yeah that sucks you know yeah I mean it yeah the whole Reba and or, and uh, Matt thing like, there's a lot to be questioning yeah. there. Like, even the stuff that they put out afterwards. It's like, you had yeah. to have known he got arrested. Yes. And they're over there just playing it off and, you know, almost like, hey, look at me, you know, 
look how many likes I can get right now. Look over here, you know, and it's like, ugh. Yeah, it was insane yeah, and crazy. disgraceful, to be honest. Like, yeah, Jeff gets arrested. It's all over the news. It's everywhere. Matt Hardy logs into his Instagram to post a video of him and his wife talking about how much fun they had, how much fun Jeff had, how Florida's been amazing to them. And you're like, dude, it's been out for hours. Like, there's no way you yeah. don't know. Like, if the news cycles have it, you're aware of it. Like, yeah. And then she yeah, posted that stupid TikTok. But go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, somebody would have texted you or called you right now. Yes. And if they didn't, like, you're living in a cave. Yeah. Insane. Insane. So yeah, I just. And then just yeah, but the, the timeline even leading up to it is like, mm -hmm. question, like, oh, we had no idea. We dropped him off at his hotel room. So he decided to, you know, down a bottle of whiskey or whatever and then leave his hotel room. Like, The only problem with that is that he was – is the video of him playing his concert that happened right after the convention was kind of ending. He chugs back whiskey in the – right before he starts playing a song and says, whiskey is my best friend and my worst enemy. Oh, really? I didn't see that. So if they gave him a drive – if they drove him home from the convention – he hadn't yeah, left the convention before he was drinking. Yeah. Because I also understand the, the argument of – or the possibility of – not argument of, but the possibility that you can take someone home, you can think that they're fine, and then they sneak back out. That happens, man. But Oh, yeah, 100%. There's but just a lot there that's a mess, is, man. Yeah, what I'm saying is that they – oh, we had no clue, and if you, know, if you were to believe them, like for his alcohol level to get that high within – what was it, two hours? Because then he get his DUI, like, two hours of them dropping him off or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, he would have literally just, all right, I'm going to chug this bottle and go. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. At the end of the day, you know, we just wish him the best and... Yeah, just want what's best for him. Yeah, he uh, needs help. Fresh news is in the chat saying man's being investigated by WWE. Yeah, we already touched on that. It's just too new, and there's a, a lot there for us, so we don't have much of a uh, – we don't have enough to, to really comment. It just it, it only dropped like a couple hours ago, and we haven't had time to really dig into it, so we don't have anything to say on it other than sounds bad. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Yeah. Well, I uh, you know, just like any fresh news thing, like – because that's the thing that gets me, you know, just local news and, you know – is that there's always people that just jumps to conclusions right before more facts come in. Yeah. And it's like, hey, let's pump our brakes and, you know, let's let it play out a minute before saying, you know, fire him or do whatever. Or whatever it turns out to be. I mean, he has, he has a board to answer to. Um, if, I mean, and I don't know how any multi-billion dollar corporations work to begin with, but if he had an affair with some people and they uh, uh, paid them hush money or whatever, like, it doesn't impact what I watch on TV day to day, except for if the board actually removes him and he's no longer part of the creative process anymore, Then, which is a possibility. So, I mean, it could be really big news upcoming, right? It could be massive news as, as things roll on, but as of right oh, yeah. now, there's an investigation internally and we know some about it. It's also, it sounds like $3 million, so also maybe something he could just pay back the company. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know how any of that stuff works. None of it. Uh, but, yeah, it is it is what it is, and, and we'll see we'll see how it plays out for, for sure. Kuro's in the chat popping through. Uh, 
he was here a couple weeks back and mentioned that he had his first uh, interaction with some dirt sheet guys. Uh, and the name he gave was one of the piece of shit dudes from Ringside News. Uh, mm-hmm. And after he said that, like a bunch of shit came out about that dude. It was really fucking funny. Uh, but uh, to circle back a little bit, something else I wanted to mention to you because a lot of people are trying to say it's not a factor. And I think that it's a little silly to go that route as well where they're talking about um, – well, I mean let's, let's – um, Let's circle back to Booker T. Booker T made a comment saying that Jeff Hardy is in AEW taking the craziest bumps he has in his entire career. He's taking jump. Every match he has is a ladder match. Every match. Yeah. And every match he has, he's either jumping off a 20-foot ladder or somebody's jumping off a 20-foot ladder onto him onto concrete. Uh, the Young Bucks match he just was in, he got concussed and doesn't remember any of the match. Booker T made was his comment. Was he concussed or drunk? He was concussed, dude. That's the difference. Yeah, but at the same time, if you're doing all those things and you're going through all that pain, the Hardys have always maintained yeah. that that pain management was a major factor in their their addiction problems. And if you are an addict, you need to be aware of and avoid triggers. Right? It's one of those things. For people to pretend that AEW isn't a factor at all is a little silly, and only because of this. What were the the matches like with Jeff Hardy as he wound down his career in WWE? You know, he jumped off the ring apron like once a match. Or not the ring apron, but the top turnbuckle even. Like, he wasn't doing a bunch of crazy stuff. They kept him from it. He did do that bar thing. He jumped off a ladder in the bar thing, and he was in the clash of of champions triple threat ladder match. But these were also during pandemic era. We know some of these things they were doing crash pads with because sometimes we could see him in shots. So who knows if he was even taking the full-on bump or not. I don't know. But... He was being forced to work a safer style in WWE that he's not being forced to adhere to in AEW. And AEW is a lot of car crash match TVs. A lot of people want just chaos and massive stunts. And it may not be in Jeff's best interest to be doing those things. You know what I mean? Like, it's oh, yeah. crazy. That's that's one of the things I thought of was, you know... Seeing some of the bumps that he's taken in AEW, and like you said, knowing the addiction process with the Hardys and you know, there's a pain management. It's like, first of all, you're taking these ridiculous bumps again, and second of all, you're older now. Yeah, like your body can't, you know, snap back the way it used to. Yeah. But. Yeah, it uh, just sucks, dude. It sucks because it's yeah. it's. I mean, and if he started drinking before he left WWE. That's also possible, right? Because that's what they said to mm-hmm. him. Get clean or go. And he left. Then that conversation opens up later on. Is Tony Khan really concerned about the wellness of his employees if one company says you're unwell and he goes, well, we'll take you because you're a good name. You know I mean, mm-hmm. like, it's just crazy, dude. I well, and, and I'm not blaming either or saying that Tony holds some greater weight than Vince, you know, because it'd be also silly to pretend that Jeff Hardy didn't make the majority of his injuries in WWE. You know what I mean? Like most oh, yeah. everything has been that. Um, but I kind of feel like both companies have a little bit of, of, of weight to bear on, on the situation. And I think both companies need to do everything that they can even today and try and help him, whatever yeah. that looks like. Um, and to be honest, I've been saying it for a bit. I don't really need to see Jeff, in a ring at all, let alone massive bumps. And that's not out of lack of respect. It's actually, uh, it's out of nothing but respect. 
I want him to be around for a long time. I want him to be able to do his paintings, his music. I don't... There's plenty of tape of him falling through shit, man. If I need to go see him jump through some shit again, I can go see that. You know? Yeah. It just, you know... Just looking at the... The whole... You know... Jeff Hardy's whole career. Yeah. Like... You know, he's been an amazing talent for years. He's awesome, you know, has fans worldwide. Yeah. It just sucks in the wrestling aspect that he you know if this is the end of his career that he won't get that retirement match yeah you know the the proper send-off but at the same time you know you gotta you know weigh the risk versus reward here yeah and you know obviously if this is the last we see him in ring then it sucks as fans but if it's for his you know, well-being then right on. Yeah. You know what I'd like to see for him? I, I think that, you know, because, because things are different now, I think I'd like to see him get that stone cold retirement. You know what I mean? Go ahead, disappear for 10 years. Do your thing yeah. where you're kind of a face of wrestling and you talk to people, you do your other things, you do the meet and greets and stuff. I don't know that he could host a podcast, but like, let him be, more of an ambassador for the business of wrestling than an active wrestler. And then, you know what, 10 years down the line, if he's up for it, if everything's, if he's clean, if he's able to be well, maybe get some, some one-off WrestleMania main event style brouhaha like Stone Cold mm-hmm. and Kevin Owens had. that was just spectacle of, of awesomeness and a farewell to a dude. Like let him have one of those and let yeah. that be that, you know, like, Oh yeah. You don't need to beat and your career way, into the ground. Yeah, anyone that complains about the Stone Cold Kevin Owens at Mania, and they can straight kiss my ass because that was yeah. amazing. Yeah, that was so good, dude. So good. <laughs> like, yeah, like for Stone Cold to be out that long and come back and still look like yeah. it almost looked like you were watching a. 2000 or 1998 film of him. Yeah. Knees still all busted, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get away with Maybe some of it. Miss. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Nothing else but really kind of get well. Get best, you know, yes. to Jeff. Like, he's looking at up to five years in prison and potentially some significant fines. Might not be significant to to him. It would be significant to me, but <laughs> I haven't had the career he's had. So yeah, uh, and it sucks. And then, I mean, yeah, if he, yeah, if he, if they do throw you know the book at him, and he gets five years. Like, yeah, you just got to think what kind of shape he'll be in when he gets out. And like I said, you'd have to think that's the end of his in ring career. And I've lost too many close friends to drinking. It's hard not to ask around. Who knew? Who saw? I mean, I remember having those same questions when, when my buddies finally, when when they gave out. It was a lot of who knew. And I felt like an idiot as one of the few people who didn't know. Everyone else was close enough, often enough, to see the signs and know and just not do anything about it. And that and who's to say that even if they tried more that something could have changed maybe not you know but maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm 
I guess I haven't been too harsh uh, on this, but I've been like just absolutely pissed at the whole Matt Hardy thing because it's like there's no way you don't know. You're too close not to know. No matter how much addicts hide, they can never hide all of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've seen too many people go down that road too many times to know that like no one knows. That's never the case. So it's just it just uh, it bothers me, man. It bothers me. Um, yeah. Oh, Kira's saying Jeff's got more than five because he also was had a suspended license uh, and as well as a restricted license driving, so that adds to it, which brings a minimum of seven years. So, I mean, he could go away for fucking 10, 15 years, you know, like... A minimum of seven? Minimum of seven with the other stuff, because, I mean, that was... An, I don't rem- I remember looking at it. Aggravated DUI in Arizona is way worse than aggravated DUI in Florida. I know that. Um, but if you once you start piling other things onto it, it does start piling on. So yeah, dude, he could go away for a long time yeah. and to be honest, I don't know the right answer, but I wouldn't feel bad if he did driving that drunk. Yeah. He's not like he didn't kill anybody. Yeah. Or yeah. I mean, look at Sunny. She did. She was driving around that drunk and killed somebody and she's in prison now and you can't feel bad for her. You know what I mean? You just go, well, it's a shitty story. But you don't feel bad that that's where they ended up. You go, well, thank God they're not making those decisions anymore because it's out of their hands. Like, at what point do we got to take the responsibility out of Jeff's hands if he can't handle it? You know, it just yeah. sucks, man. It fucking sucks. But I don't know, man. Uh, in the chat, though, uh, just one last little bit on the thing, uh, the Vince thing. He said, let's be honest, if Vince get away with it, bring back Enzo and James Ellsworth. I think that had slightly less to do with the success of WWE at the time, but I hear you. <laughs> um, but yeah, get well, uh, uh, Jeff Hardy. I also am not patting anybody on the back here because I've seen a lot of people talk about how Tony's doing everything perfect and that's just the way it always goes. But when WWE offered rehab, they were being assholes. So it's just everyone to me plays a part here. Everyone needs to do what they can let's save this dude before it's not an option. Yeah. It's one more dude we don't need to bury him in. I was going to say, we don't need uh, another tears in our beers. Yep. Yeah. No doubt, man. Uh, well, I mean, it's a bummer way to start the show, but I mean, it's news. It's what's going on. And, and we talk about it because we care about it, man. We care about it because we watch all the time and we've watched for a long time. Even when yeah. we don't care to continue watching at times. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's see. So, let's SmackDown. Let's go to SmackDown. I'm gonna pull it up right now. For SmackDown, I mean, I don't think there was any other, any other uh, uh, news things I thought were really worth digging into as of now. Because, like I said, we don't have much of the other stuff. I will say, as a side note, just because it's kind of funny, WWE stock is up today. <laughs> after all that news broke but it's it's secondary to that their stock is up because um i forget the name of the person but there's somebody who basically sets goal uh prices for stocks and says this is their next target price and it went from 60 dollars to 75 dollars a stock and so when people see that the target uh stock goes up people start buying in and that value actually goes up uh, which is ironic because about a week or two ago I sold all my WWE stock because it finally got into the green because I bought in on the downslide and I've only been in the red since I bought it. <laughs> so 
I finally got it. Finally came up high enough to where I was like, "All right, I'm just get, getting out." And I bought into other things, and now it's like slowly on the climb again. I wouldn't have made any more today than I did when I sold, so I will say that it dipped again and went back up. But um, it is going to be interesting to see how uh, how this affects their stock, the internal investigation mm-hmm. information coming out and stuff, because that could uh, that yeah. could shake investors, you know. Oh. But I also thought it was funny because I've mentioned here before that I'm a stockholder of WWE. And I was like, I want to do well. I hold stock. And at this point, I no longer hold stock. And now it's – the timing is really bizarre for their stock. So Yeah. Uh, let's see. SmackDown came out of Baton Rouge. Let's see. It had a uh, – oh, this is the one that had SmackDown announcing that – Sami Zayn versus Riddle was going to be the main event. And if Sami wins, Riddle's barred from SmackDown. And if Riddle wins, he gets a Universal Championship undisputed title match. Yep. They didn't play into that at all, dude, before the show. Like, that was how they opened the show, was announcing that match was happening. And I was like, you didn't make one fucking graphic for this during the day. Like, what? Yeah. No, there was... I was so confused about that. Yeah. Where it was you know, hey, this is happening. I'm like, okay, that, you know, I, like you said, there was no, like, lead into it at all. Yeah. And I was like, all right, let's, you know, let's see where this goes. Yeah, it was, when they made the announcement, I was like, this is awesome. I'm stoked for this match, but I was also kind of like, I can't believe that my email that they send out every week about here's what you can expect didn't list this, because what it did list was stuff that I was like, okay, it listed two mounting to make qualifying matches, and that was kind of it. And I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, I guess we have to do qualifying matches, but that's not like yeah. a payoff thing or a massive story thing. So to see that they <laughs> announced as they opened this, I was like, man, I'd have been hyped for the show had you told me this earlier. But got oh, me excited yeah, I think for a it. a lot of people were, you know. Yeah. You were hyped because, you know, you love Sammy. And, you know, a lot of people do. But I think if people were like, hey, Riddle's getting, or, you know, a possible – uh, title shot, like mm-hmm. people would have been, you know, speaking of stock, like Riddle's at the peak right now. Like yeah. people would have gone insane over this. Yeah, on top of that, if you like Riddle, you're interested. If you like Sammy, you're interested. If you hate the Bloodline, you're interested. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because you're like, oh shit, Riddle versus Roman potentially. Sammy Zayn's the best part of the Bloodline right now, anyways. I just love Sammy Zayn. <laughs> he is. Yeah, it's locker room leader, man. Uh, as we get to, towards the end, though, we'll, we'll talk about it more. But Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus opened the show as far as a match went. Yeah, it was for a money to make qualifying match. It devolved into just a massive melee on the outside. They both get counted out. They beat the shit out of each other all over the place. Drew McIntyre kicks Butch's head off. Every referee and official comes running out to separate them. They continue to fight. They get separated. They fight. They get separated. They fight. Goes into the audience. They finally separate them for good. And, you know, pandemonium. They came back from break and they were still fighting. And I was like, oh, my God, dude. Like, (laughs) I get it. And just for sake of not, like, so we can just talk topics. Well, let's start with this. What did you think of the match? Because the match itself, prior to the finish, I thought it was pretty fucking good, dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sheamus and Drew, you know, they 
everyone knows about their history. Like whenever you get Ko and Sammy together, you know, so yeah. they work well. It, you know, it was a good match. Like it was intriguing. And then the only thing I really hated about the match is how they kept mentioning like, oh, uh, you know, because they're hyping up Joey like they always mm-hmm. do, and it's you know whatever that's their job. But they're like, you know, uh, there's a segue or something, and the, somebody mentions, you know, oh, Drew knows what it takes to uh, for money in the bank, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And then you look on the other side, and it's like, wait, Seamus actually won money in the bank. Yeah. He yeah. knows what it takes. Yeah. You know, so I was like, I was annoyed by that, but, you know, outside of that, the match was yeah. great. It got brought up like one time, and I think it was by McAfee being like, "Sheamus has gone the whole way with Money in the Bank, and even won the title one time. Like, yeah. he's gonna, he wants to do it again." And then the rest of the match are yeah. all like, "Drew McIntyre knows what it's gonna take," to, and you're like, "What? How? He's never, yeah, yeah. he's never won it. He doesn't know what has it he, takes." Has he even been in a Money in the Bank match? I thought he was in one. He might be in one, maybe, maybe two yeah. tops, but I don't think so, dude. I think he's been in one one time. I'd have to. No, I think up. he's been in three. Because I think they said that he's been in three and Sheamus has been in three. And I was like, okay, well, Sheamus is one for three and McIntyre is 0 for three. Oh. But I think they said, I think they mentioned that both of them were in it for three or have been in three of them. Yeah, right. Well, that's possible. But. But those dudes will beat the shit out of each other, dude. They do not care. They're like, hey, you want to go out there and just uh, break my nose? No problem. Yep. Yeah, they're in it. And apparently, apparently Ridge Holland's hurt. Really? They mentioned that. Yeah. Is that why he wasn't out there? Yeah. Right, I missed that. I wanted to see Yeah. Well, he's got bad But it was once again. I know. That, I know. I. Yeah. I thought of that. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. We don't need this. But, yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah. And then, you know, the finish, yeah. Was. And then Drew's, Drew's a fucking hero. Goes into the fucking. Pierce's office and put me in, put me in or else type of thing. And then Seamus yeah. does the same thing. And it's like, Except there was a difference between how they did it. So Drew yeah. didn't yell, but he put his hands on Adam and like squeezed um, his shoulder and said, do the right thing and put me in the match. Put me in the match. And Adam Pierce like, I can't just do it. And he goes, you better do it. And he's like, fucking do yeah. it like he was really threatening and right in adam pierce's face mm-hmm. like looking down on him and squeezing his shoulder seamus yeah. goes in and he was yelling a lot but he didn't demand to be put into the match he said make it right do something yeah that doesn't mean force you into the match it just means do something right so maybe do a rematch maybe do a different qualifying match yeah. maybe Give me another opportunity to earn my way in. It was just do something. I don't want to hear excuses on why you're not doing anything. I just want something to happen. Whereas Drew was saying, put me in the match without me having to qualify, even though I lost a match. And even though that I was cheating just as much as everybody else, like it was bullshit, dude. Drew came off as a total asshole here. And Seamus came off as just a passionate person who wanted a chance. It was way reversed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was the one I wanted beard's opinion on like, look it he's a fucking heel <laughs> like, yeah yeah <laughs> he's being a heel 
Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I agree, dude. I thought the same thing as I watched it. I was like, because I was even saying like, okay, they're doing a pretty solid job with Drew. I even said uh, to producers who are watching, and I was like, lately Drew's been more acting like a baby face mm-hmm. and acting like a good guy, and it's starting to match up. And then <laughs> this week, not at all, not at all. It's like, oh, he's back yeah, to just... being an asshole for no reason. Yeah, see, I just wonder how much of it has to do with. Because, you know, for the last couple of weeks, he's kind of been around New Day. Yep. So I wonder if it's just New Day, just like, hey, you're supposed to be a baby face, you know, yeah. do this, you know, and I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, man. But we'll see what happens. I don't know what they're going to do to – because a lot of times they, they have the qualifying matches and then all the losers for the qualifying matches are in one big match yeah. to, for the last chance wild card or whatever. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Drew and Sheamus, and that's kind of where they left it at. Is what, I thought, what are we going to do? I thought they mentioned that they were going to have another match next week. Mm, I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. <clears throat> uh, but, yeah. Sorry, I just got a weird alert. Uh, I don't remember them saying they're going to do a match. They just said, what are we going to do? What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be a rematch. It's probably also going to end in a DQ. It's probably going to be like a five-week-long story. Take place even after Money in the Bank. After Money in the Bank. Yeah. <laughs> Money in the Bank qualifying match at SummerSlam. I know that like WWE thinned down their roster by a lot. It's not you know what it was before. Like, because they used to have, like, 250 people, and they just don't now. Now that's AEW's thing. And so I know a lot of people are talking about, like, rematches happening a lot and too often. And sometimes I agree, sometimes I don't. I do think that some of the reasons it feels stale, though, is because it's almost like they're unwilling to, to do the shuffle. Right? Like, we're back to Drew and Sheamus. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we got there by six months of New Day and Sheamus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like, why have the New Day not wrestled anyone but those same three people? Why is it that Drew was in the story with Sheamus before, leaves it while New Day takes it over, and then comes back to it? Like, why don't we have a story with New Day and anybody else? Or any other tag team? I know we got a, a... a thing in here that Viking Raiders are coming back. I'm excited yeah, for that. I'm excited for yeah. They're Especially awesome. for them to be on SmackDown. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's do something with them in New Day. Let's do something with them in Fight Night, Brawling Brutes, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like they have a bigger roster than it makes it look like. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they do have – they did a, a really cool video package of Seth and Cody – Letting everybody know that Cody's going to be out for up to nine months. Yeah. Kiro says he's watching and listening while he's writing creative for the second promotion he's running, solely run by him and three other people. That's not solely run, dude. That's why would you say solely run by me and three others? That's that's run by four people. <laughs> solely would imply you're only you, and you go plus the entire team I work with. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> just weird, it's all. It's just weird. Okay. Unless uh, he's solely creative. 
Oh, yeah. Everyone else is helping everything else or doing everything else. Yeah, that could be. That could be. Hey, what do you think of the Lacey Evans stuff? Um, it's it's weird for me. Like, I'm trying not to like think of anything you know that happened before she left. Because mm-hmm. the shit that you know she was doing before she left, I hated and stupid, and then like, and so I'm like, all right, fresh slate. You know, they kind of repackaged her. You know, she's definitely a face now, and you know, I don't know where she became a motivational speaker all of a sudden. But it just—I don't know—it comes off. Lack of better words is just fake. <laughs> Isn't it weird? Yeah. Like. Like so. I'll, so so there is this though. The match she had with Zia Lee, I think, is the match she needed to have, because she looked really good mm-hmm. in there. She also looked really yeah. stiff, and so did Zia Lee. So I wonder if it was all like, "Hey, I can't flub this up this time. Just let's fucking." deck each other because it was pretty it was a pretty hard-hitting match it was cool but yeah i do think that the character that we're looking at here is a little i mean it's been been ping-ponged around a lot dude like she debuted on raw she yeah. debuted on smackdown she's back to smackdown again she was uh coming off as kind of an asshole she was coming off as uh, as a good guy like i think at this point they're leaning into the good guy thing mm-hmm. i don't think i love the wake up work and win it's okay. Yeah. It's trying to be hustle, loyalty, respect is what it's trying to be. Yeah. But it's also... She, I I was hoping when she came back they'd give her a different finisher. Here's why I like just... the finish. What, what didn't you like about the women's right? Oh, I just don't... Like, it's just a punch. Uh-huh. You know, I don't like when it's a single move like that where it's like, yo, you can effectively just get this off at any time because anytime she throws a punch and it doesn't knock the person out or you know does you know a lot of damage mm. quote unquote like I don't know it just loses it for me it makes you know, like other punches Michaels, look weak that but I mean it'd be like if Shawn Michaels did you know other super kicks in his match and then oh wait you know here that's comes the one. sweet chin music and that's the one that knocked him finishes yeah the reason i like the women's right is because it really looks like a sucker punch but now she's a face when she was a heel i'm okay with it you know right but also look over there whap when sucker punch like when big show but big show's huge I know, but when Big Show had the knockout punch, he was a good guy, and it was just he fucking he would wind up one real good one, and, and you know haymaker your ass, and that's the impression yeah. I'm getting from her is that it's kind of like this this out of nowhere haymaker that she's able to get because she sees that opening and goes for it. It's like it's like when you see a UFC fight that's going on and on, and then all of a sudden someone catches a lucky kick, or it's like oh my god, I can't believe they hit that one back hammer, uh, and no, that's 100%, it. No, hundred percent, but you know, I don't know. There's like, like when Big Show did it, he's a huge guy, cool, you know, boom. 
uh, I will say about the women's right, I do like that it, a lot of the times it just kind of like the RKO, where it comes out of nowhere. Yes. And then it's like, all right, okay, it's over. You know, I don't mind that, but like even just add a a signature move if it's not, you know, another move that's, you know, she can win up. Yes. Not just the yeah. women's right. It's got to be more than the one. What I liked yeah. about it in this one, though, specifically, is it didn't make Zia Lee look weak. It just looks like she got caught by one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or sometimes some of those finishers just make the other person look like an idiot. Yeah. This looked like they were having an all-out fight, and then Zaya got caught. And that was it. Yeah. Like, Zia could easily have won. It really was like, a, um, you know, anyone can get lucky on any given night kind of a win. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't feel like, well... Zaylee got her ass handed to her. It's like, no, no, no. Like, she just got caught by one. Like, it was cool. That's why I liked it specifically because I was also nervous about Zaylee going out there and then looking like an idiot and getting her ass handed to her and nothing, you know? But she had a lot of great strikes herself. Well, and that was the disappointing part, too, is, you know, like, I want to see more of Zaylee. It seems like they called her up. She's like a protector. And then I didn't watch for a while, but it just seems like they didn't do anything with her. Correct. And Correct. when they said it's the money in the bank qualifier, and, you know, they kept talking, Lacey this, Lacey that, Lacey this, I'm like, all right, well, clearly Lacey's going to win it. Like, mm-hmm. like, going into the match, it was, like, I would have been completely shocked if I mm-hmm. But, Yeah. It, it was a big giveaway. Uh, I do have to protect the honor of Kuro. He does say that he's the only one who does creative. That's why he said that. He said the promotion he's running is uh, one financing guy uh, who does booking, hiring employees. Uh, one guy does advertising, promotion. Eventually he's going to do social media and him doing creative as uh, well the main owner of the promotion. Uh, which begs the question why he hasn't hired me to do anything. It's really weird, man. I mean, he's clearly watched the show. <laughs> That's probably that's a good point. Watch the show. He's like, eh. yeah. What not to do? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. But, going through, going through. But what do you, what do you feel about the Lacey thing? Like I said, it's me. Just. I think they flubbed it, and I don't say that like they don't know what they're doing ever. I feel like. Oh, Kerr brings a good point. You can't. I can't legally work in Canada unless you're a Canadian citizen. I don't know if that. I don't know how that works in terms of of remote work, or or freelance work. I'm gonna have to ask Red Heart. But just uh, under the table. Yeah, yeah. I could also work illegally, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> we know a thing about that here in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. We're perfect at that. <laughs> Yeah, do you need a fake social? Like, I've got dozens, dude. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that the Lacey character that we saw this week, this way, is the right way that she should be presented and was correct. I think the problem is, is we just spent the last seven or eight weeks getting pushed around on what is she going to be, what is that going to look like, them really, like... I, I feel like they flubbed it without getting the getting it right the first time and just going with it. They were like, let's do eight episodes of this is my pitiful life. I'm going to cry every day. 
and then I'm going to tell people to stand up and give me the respect I deserve and be an asshole. I'm going to prance around and leave. I'm going to say I'm going to have a match and then I won't. I'm going to be on this show and debut and then I'm going to leave. Like, There's been too much of that start-stop shit with her that has made it. So at this point, what we saw this week, which I thought was the right thing to do, was also a little hard to be invested in. Because it's kind of like, you're so unstable. And it's not even, like you could say it's not her fault, but the way they presented the character makes you think it might be her fault. (laughs) <laughs> it's probably not her fault. It's the creative's fault, but they've already presented her in such a way that you go, well, you've had such an unstable upbringing. <laughs> you've been all over the place. You're just showing up wherever you want. Like, it's just, it. you see it and you go, I like this, but who knows what I'm getting tomorrow, you know? That's kind of yeah. how I feel about it. Uh, let's see. I mean, and hopefully, you know, for Lacey's sake and... Obviously, you know, they're going to be investing quite a bit of time with her on TV. Like, hopefully they figure it out. Hopefully they're like, hey, this, you know, this worked. Let's do this, you know. Yes. It could work. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, when they kept talking about her childhood, I was a little thrown off. It was so confusing. Mm -hmm. I forgot exactly what they were talking about, but, you know, like you said, an unstable upbringing and, like, a, where did this come from, and why is that all of a sudden a factor now? Yeah. yeah. I don't know, I mean, it's just been real start-stop, and it's been hard to invest, and her first character was such shit that it's just tough. I'm glad that this is where they're at with her in this moment, and I just hope they kind of keep this momentum going with this character, because I think there's a lot on the table. Even if she doesn't become, like, the face of your company uh, with a championship run that takes years, and even if she's not, like, the best mm-hmm. wrestler there... She could actually be a great face for things like the USO tour, for charity works, for like oh, yeah. she was at the Daytona 500, oh. and I was like, "That's perfect for her." Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that one, that one caught me off guard. Like, yeah. the Bella's doing it. I'm like, all right, cool. For them to like, hey, we want Lacey Evans. Like, fuck yeah, really? Okay, yeah. <laughs> cool. Because think about it, most of those people aren't watching WWE, most likely, and the ones who are don't know much about her because. She hasn't been doing a ton, so they'll be like, oh, she's a, she's a Marine and a WWE wrestler. People are going to go like, fuck yeah, woo. No, they're watching NASCAR. They're redneck. That's why they like the Marine part. They, if they taught me anything, wrestling taught me anything, is that rednecks love wrestling. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Who kept, who kept driving that home? WCW or WWF? <laughs> WCW. When they had the rap and crap stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they had a whole country song. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because they were in the South, it was a, it was Georgia based. So. Yeah. What are you thinking about Ronda Rousey, dude? A lot of people have been giving her a lot of flack. They say that she's absolute garbage on the mic. They didn't like any of this stuff here. I want to get your take on it. Um. It's tough because you know I'm just a Rousey fan in general and I was expecting more of the second run you know the first run it was okay she's nervous she's the crowd's getting to her this and that blah blah blah. it's whatever and the second run is you can tell those same jitters are there and she needs like a 
be a character coach or a poker coach. And somebody who's like, hey, stay in this lane. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be in this lane. You're only supposed to be in this, you know. Because she sits there and she's, you know, smiling and laughing and, you know, waving to the crowd like a little girl. And like, you know, hey. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. And it's like, damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she- there. I think... For me, I like this run because I feel like she's coming off a little more genuine than before, where before it felt like she was really boxed in. Well, yeah, she's she was trying. Yeah. Now it's like a little more just natural her, and you know, I'm okay with it. Like, yeah, me too. Wanna, they, you know. they haven't touched on it, but you and I both know that she's had those issues with speaking in general, and if you look at other interviews where she, as on talk shows, she sounds a lot like she sounds in the ring now. Like, she's just being her now, and I like that aspect. There's something I thought was interesting to note because I've been feeling it too and trying to think about like something doesn't seem like it's quite clicking. And I think what's not clicking with Rhonda and a lot of the people is she's she doesn't come off as special anymore. She comes off as a woman on the roster now. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. It just I kind of think that is just what it is. Like she's just the champion for SmackDown right now where before it was holy shit. Ronda Rousey is in WWE. Now it's like, oh, yeah, that's the champion, Ronda Rousey. She's going to go up against Shotzi. Shotzi's really good. You're going to like her. She's doing pretty good stuff. Like, she's just another name on the roster. And that's not to discount being a name on the roster, especially SmackDown, I think, has an incredible roster. Uh, And I think all the women are so good. But I I wonder if that's part of it is that there's enough fanfare between – I'm going to step back. This is what I think it is. (laughs) When Ronda came in the first time, it was a shallow pool of greatness. If you look at the entire history of the champions from SmackDown and Raw, it was Charlotte, Sasha, Alexa, Becky. That was all your champions of SmackDown and Raw. You had Bailey in there. But like it was that was Bailey's short Raw title run, not even having to do with Ronda. Remember when Bailey had it for a couple months? Yeah. It was such a good time in my life. Uh <laughs> But there was not a lot of special outside of the four horsewomen. Even Alexa was coming, getting a lot of criticisms, right? Because we talked about it. We liked her. We saw potential, but her matches weren't clicking. Her matches made other people look bad. They didn't make her look good. Like, it was this whole back and forth. When is she going to – like, what's missing, right? Like, it felt like Charlotte and Alexa were being forced down our throats for, like, the previous two years, which is what made the man happen was that Becky was – one of the few fan favorites because realistically a lot of the women had fans but no one was getting back the way Becky was people wanted more for Becky and she kept getting screwed out of shit so when she turned on Charlotte it was huge and then when Ronda shows up it was here's a massive name a massive talent amongst the four horsewomen here we go right but even then everyone mm-hmm. talks about Ronda's first title run being crazy and destroying the entire roster but it was realistically because she was going up against the people who were not on a top level the entire women's division was on a low level so she was seemingly steamrolling even though she was having competitive matches because no one bought into any of those women being a a factor right where now ronda comes back and there's massive fanfare behind a ton of the women it's not just three women anymore now you've got the biancas the lives uh alexa has a whole different fanfare behind her now people are ready for her now you got Dewdrop, people can't get enough of. Shotzi, people want more for. Aaliyah, people are digging. Natty's got a whole new new intensity about her that I think people are behind. 
I think the thing is, is the women's roster on whole is great now. So when you have someone like Ronda come in, she's another one of the women where before the roster was not great and was not treated as such. So it felt special. Does that ring true to you at all? Or am I uh, going left field on some stuff here? Set me straight, Kev. Um, yeah, I mean, I can definitely see where you're coming from, where, you know, because, like, I, you know, it, it sucks because you can't help but compare uh, Ronda to uh, Brock, you know, because mm-hmm. their UFC background and stuff like that. And yeah. when Brock's there, it's a special affair. Yes. You know, and... You know, even when he comes back, even when he's because even when he's back, he's not necessarily back. He's not on Raw every week or SmackDown every week. He'll do like two or three, and then you know, take a couple off and then go back. It's still very part time. Whereas yeah. Ronda's like there, almost like she did her tour the first run, where you know she was going to the cities. People were you know excited to see her. Like, oh my god, that's Ronda Rousey. Where, you know, because a lot of the, the cities UFC never went to. And now that she's, you know, did her whole tour, if you will, now that she's come back, the initial shock of her being back and, you know, um, like the shiny toy type of thing is kind of worn off. Now it's, okay, she's here every week. She's, you know, consistent. And, yeah, she's just, a, you know, a name on the roster. You know, yep. there's still, you know, obviously, it's still Ronda Rousey, but it's not, oh my God, that's Ronda Rousey. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And yeah, I mean. Especially given yeah. that, and obviously Sasha and Naomi are out right now, but given that since Ronda's been gone, we've had Sasha on Star Wars, we've had Becky Lynch come off as the biggest star in the company for a while. It doesn't feel like a big star becoming a part of. It seems like an uh, another star on the roster. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. She'll always have her name value, like you said, but... Brock doesn't do the other things. Not that Ronda's been doing a bunch of other things, but Brock disappears and he's gone. <laughs> like yeah. no one hears or sees of him. He goes to his yeah. farm. All of a sudden, he's got a, a, a meat rub. Shows up at a hockey game. Yeah. Waves. Have you had the Brock Lesnar seasoning yet? No, I've thought about getting. It, Dude, I had some. Beard bought some for when I came up there. We had it on uh, on chicken and beef, and I think a fish. It was really good, dude. Yeah. Real good. Nice. The rub incarnate. Yep. Rub incarnate. Meat rub incarnate. <laughs> yeah. When I get Brock Lesnar seasoned in my hand, you know I'm going to rub some meat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Uh, well, Rhonda doesn't do the same kind of stuff like when she disappears, you know? Uh, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting because I think that what happened here was actually good. I think the match was solid. Shotzi looked really good. Shotzi got a little more mic time. Her character work's been awesome. Like, oh yeah, I'm really excited what they're doing with Shotzi, and I'm actually kind of happy she lost this one the way she did, because now I'm saying put Shotzi and Money in the Bank, and you have somebody that people are going to be behind to want to see win it, whether she wins it or not. Obviously, that's debatable. We got to see who the final eight are going to be, seven or whatever, but. 
if Shotzi won, that wouldn't be the worst thing, and it wouldn't be the most surprising thing after that match with their champion. You know? Yeah. She looked good. They both yeah, look good. I mean, I like Shotzi. I, you know, we discussed it before. I'm disappointed about her getting called up and then getting several um, number one contender matches, you know, winning those yeah. several times and actually never getting it. And so... Yeah, I mean, if she's in Money in the Bank, she'd definitely be one I'd be rooting for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess we'll get to it, but I mean, if you look at the 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 landscape of the Money in the Bank right now, even it's kind of like, yeah, I don't think I'd have a massive problem with anybody so far. And if you throw Shotzi in the mix, then yeah, here's another one that I really would not mind winning it. Like, it's not like sometimes it goes in and you go, well, this one person's got to win it because everyone else doesn't make sense to even be in the match. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's only been two, right? So far? Two Money in the Bank winners? No, two in that are in there's, the women's. Money there's in the three. Bank there's three, but we'll get to it because yeah. it happens on Raw. Uh, Natalia does come out, beats the shit out of Ronda, looking strong. We're going to have a, a. I did like Ronda positioning the match as though it's going to be submission versus submission in a way. You know what I mean? The armbar versus yeah. the sharpshooter. Uh, and I'm, I'm always happy to see Natalia get a title shot, man. She's and I will say about Ronda's about that. I did like how she said your arm bar and then I was like for a split second I was like man she's going to shit on the sharpshooter and it's going to piss me off. Mm-hmm. And then she said you know you just stole it off your uncle type of thing. I was like alright. Like, I thought that was pretty well done. Yeah because she see so she was like your weak version of the hold you stole from your, your uncle was kind of like trying to say that Brett did it right and you fuck it up. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was a slick way to be like, hey, the move's solid, but you're, yeah, but I don't like you. Yeah. But I also yeah. liked that when she said that about it, the whole crowd booed. They're like, do not <laughs> besparge the goddamn name of the sharpshooter in this house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You will not. <laughs> yeah, I love the crowd booed it. She's like sharpshooter yeah. and like, don't you, don't you fucking no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think of Gunther and Ricochet, dude? We got a new Intercontinental Champion. Oh, also GR Lunar's in the chat. Cheers, GR Lunar, talking about milking udders and other man shit. Oh, he's talk- also talking about the Brock Lesnar meat ring. I believe so. Uh, new Intercontinental Champion Gunther against Ricochet. Clash of styles in a sense, but I, uh, I, I loved it, man. I loved all of it. What do you think? Yeah, I. It sucks because I want Ricochet to be pushed harder and you know mm-hmm. is the IC champ and the IC champ is you know IC in the US has definitely taken over main stage on you know each show yeah which is kind of crazy but like I wanted Ricochet to hold it longer and have a nice run and you know propel to the top mm-hmm. but you know with Gunther winning it I'm okay with that I like him um, I think he's, you know, a great talent. That one chop that, like, the entire arena all gasped when he hit it. Because you just hear the hollowness of a human body, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, was it wasn't... Was... Other people, like, slap each other real hard. He hits you so hard, your chest echoes. Loud enough yeah. for the arena to hear it. It's insane, dude. Yeah. Thunk. Yeah, no, it was that was amazing, and of course Ricochet, 
top seller in the company. I honestly feel like should, his uh. That you need to write this down. That should be a. Well, I guess it'd be a one-man race each year. I was gonna say that should be a. What do we call them? The drinkies. Oh yeah, the boozies. The boozies. There you go. Yeah, one of the boozies should be the best seller of the year. But as long as Ricochet's in the business, it's gonna be hard to. Hard yeah. to say it's not him. Although, if you do men and women, so you can go back and forth. Now that Dakota Kai's not in uh, in there anymore, now I would I put Liv Morgan up, up there amongst one of the best sellers. Yeah. She the way that she <laughs> takes a hit, and will get like that distant look in her face, like she's trying not to go yeah, down. The, yeah, her facial reactions really sell it. Yeah, it's great. She's got that look like ah oh, shit. She's also funny just reacting. I guess we'll talk about it when we get there. But, like, in the Nikki and uh, the tag team match they had, Nikki knocks down Alexa and then poses, and you can hear Liv in the background just go, Ew! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just from her posing. So fucking funny. But back on track. Gunther Ricochet. Gunther is Intercontinental Champion, dude. Long may he reign. Dude, his limbs are so massive and lumbering. That even with him not looking like a, a giant baby man, as he kind of was on the indie scene, he looks like a mean motherfucker with these giant like logs for arms and legs, and his kicks and chops just come off like the most vicious thing that's ever happened to somebody in their life. Yeah, the only thing that gets me with him is I wish he would wear like pants instead of just the typical speedo. You don't want him to take pants you know, off. He, well, of course I do, but okay. Well, that makes more sense. His, yeah, his, uh, like, you know, he does have you know giant legs, but they're not really defined as much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it looks like he skips leg day fairly often. That well, yeah, his legs. I I think what it, we're also looking at is he was cutting a lot. I think we're going to start seeing him just get bigger and bigger. Bigger. Yeah, I think that's. I mean. For whatever it's worth, that's just my impression. That's what I think. So, who knows? Okay. We'll see. And then everyone's gonna say he's on steroids. Yeah, Goon or uh, Kuro Kuro is in the chat saying, "Do you even have to, tr- or do you have to even try to sell a chop from Gunther?" So he's saying that Ricochet might not be that good of a seller. He just actually got his <laughs> yeah. fucking ass kicked, <laughs> <laughs> which is hard to uh, argue. So, yeah. So with Gunther and his chops, like. How great would it be if he's in a squash match against a jobber and he knocks him out with a chop? So, interestingly enough, on uh, in NXT, he had a match against Ciampa, and the whole mm-hmm. match, Ciampa was avoiding getting chopped. He oh, was yeah. avoiding it, ducking it, doing everything he could to stop the chop from happening. He was working the arm to weaken the chop. The finish of the match was chomp- a massive chop by, Gun- by Gunther. Yeah. At the time, Walter. It was yeah. fucking crazy good, dude. And it was the one time you see a big old chop in the match, and you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that would kill me. I'd be dead, so. Uh, but, yeah, it was just perfect, dude, perfect. Ricochet could be in a Hall of Fame talent now just based off of selling alone to me. Yeah. Like, if he retired today and I said he's going to go into the Hall of Fame immediately, I'd be like, yes, yeah, yep. And the sellers, he... Mm-hmm. Just, in, just for selling alone. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Let's wrap every it up with Smith. That, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, every time I say that, I just, just imagine, like, Rick and Shay in a, uh, like, a shirt and tie 
in an office setting or office setting and like people just cheering and you got top seller of the month award. Yeah. Yeah. Someone comes and punches him in the stomach, he just folds over, collapses and starts puking blood and you're like, I don't know how he does it, man. He just does it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a natural. <laughs> Uh, it does end up with Sami Zayn versus Riddle. Paul Heyman on commentary. Thought it was great, dude. This to me, SmackDown was just like loaded with great matches. I didn't even know who I wanted to win this one, dude. If I'm being honest, I know who I wanted to win. I clearly wanted Riddle. You know, I would love to see him and Roman go at it. The reason but I was I just, okay with if Riddle lost would have been because to see Riddle on Raw could be great. Me. Yeah, and to see Sammy line. get like a little bit of a nod from the bloodline potentially, like yeah. Well, see, the thing that pisses me off with that is that the bloodline, on several several occasions, excuse me, has cheap to win. Mm-hmm. And this whole time, and, and unless they're just throwing a curveball there, like that's what I was expecting. Yeah, because you know, once again. In, WWE doesn't matter, but AEW does. But, like, Sammy's win-loss record, like, it's kind of telling. And for the undisputed universal title, I hate how they keep talking that or saying that. I hate how they keep saying that and the way that they're talking about the tag title. It's like, yeah. well, there's two titles. Yeah. Like, make them one then. But anyways, um, you would think if, if that, you know, the stakes were so high that they would have cheated to win. Yes. Like, I wouldn't even been upset if, you know, Roman or one of the Usos ran in there and then looked at Riddle and they're like, you know, and then looked at Sammy and then just punched Sammy. They're like, okay, Sammy won. He doesn't get a title. And then just walk off. Yeah. And then Sammy's just sitting there like, why'd you hit me? But yeah. I just, that storyline-wise, I was so confused about that. Like, yeah. you know, I love Sammy, but he's kind of you know, I don't want to say a slug or a punching bag, but, you know, like I said, his win-loss record's kind of telling. Yeah. And for, you know, stakes to be that high, you would think... Unless the story is that the bloodline don't view Riddle as an actual threat. You know, Mm -hmm. if they're, like, saying, hey, let Sammy do this. If he does this, it's a big deal. If he doesn't do it, it, I'll just have to take care of Riddle myself. Like, it could be, like... Look, Riddle can't win either way, so it doesn't matter how it comes out. But if we give Sammy the opportunity to either hang himself or elevate himself, you know, from a bloodline Mm -hmm. kayfabe perspective. Yeah, 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 and I can see that, but... But it wasn't outlined that way. That's me filling the gap that they didn't say. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, because even when I was thinking about it, you know, I kind of figured that too. Like, yeah, maybe they're just brushing him off, but at the same time, you know... Roman, it seems like he's been absent more times than he's been present. Yeah. And so do you think the they take? Do you think they take one or both of the titles off Roman this coming up Sunday or Saturday? I mean, or Friday even. <laughs> Whenever SmackDown <laughs> happens to be, in case it's not late. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I might not watch it till Sunday, but it'll be on Friday. Um, <laughs> Because uh, because well, Real see, did win, and so he's going to get his title shot. And Roman tweeted he's got to leave his private boat now and come do tribal chiefship. And it does seem a little out of the nowhere. It does seem like kind yeah. of randomly quick. 
Yeah. But, you know, because I wouldn't even mind if, you know, uh, Roman said, hey, it's, I'll put this one up, but I'm, I want to hold on to this one or something like that. That's true, because they did say it's for the undisputed championship. They yeah. didn't, you're right, they didn't isolate it to one. Yeah. Well, and they haven't isolated ever since the, um, what is it called? I'm missing a word here. But anyways, ever since he unified Unified them? Unified them. They, A, they haven't made any belts, which I thought they were going to do immediately. But the other thing is, is, you know... They're referring it to as one title, which is, to me is weird. Oh, he's holding two belts. Same with the tag. Yeah. So some of the some of the, think, the go ahead. Now, if they would have said that, you know, if they would refer to as the undisputed champion, you know, because he holds both belts, whatever. But when they keep saying that I'm going after the WWE undisputed universal title, it's like okay, that's referring to one. It's not plural. Yeah, yeah, they're referring to it as one thing. I wonder if part of the reason he's been gone is because they're, you know, stretching out to debut the new title. I feel like that's possible. He might come out on SmackDown with a new new title. I know that there's a lot of uh, podcasts and news, quote, news folk who are speculating that with Roman having a reduced schedule suddenly that they may need to take the titles off of him. And so this might be a way to do that. I just don't see... Because then the other speculation is that, oh, they gave him both titles because he was supposed to go to both shows more often, but now he's on a reduced schedule and doing none of the shows. I don't buy into that. I don't think that they were surprised by his contract all of a sudden. I don't think he was suddenly... They suddenly got blindsided yeah. by his schedule. Uh, I don't. So I don't buy into that at all. But if we are going that route in just fantasy booking, if you have a dude who's not on either show now and you want someone on both shows... If you're looking for someone with star power, is Matt Riddle really that guy? Well, right now, like I said, his stock is through the roof. But I think also if you drop the titles to Riddle right now, the whole, you know, what is it, year and a half dominance that Roman had, and then all of a sudden he just kind of drops it. Yeah, drops it on a Friday night. Yeah. Like, to me, it would almost feel like a waste. Like, I want a bigger payoff. I want the, you know... I don't know who. To be like, honest, even, I want it with a bigger with a bigger character. I don't think as much as Riddle is popular with the fans, I don't see you putting Matt Riddle's face on a flyer and having people going, I gotta go get that ticket. I gotta go see it. But I do know that if they tell me Roman's gonna be at a live show here, I'm going. If they say Riddle, yeah. I go, Okay, that's cool. Who all is on the cart? Like it's not enough to sway me that I have to go. I would. Right. I wouldn't be upset to see him. I, yeah. But He's not one of the guys on there who I think are just undisputed draws the way that Roman is. I think you could even yeah. argue that Kevin Owens or Sammy could bring in people more consistently because of how overall their stuff is in general. Not to say they should Kevin be. Owens. Sammy, I think Sammy might be a stretch, but I think Sammy's beloved right now. I think you want him to be beloved, but I don't think he is. Like I love Sammy. Don't get me wrong. You know, it took me a while to get there, kind of with Bailey. You know, I wasn't 100% on the Bailey boat or Sammy boat, but, you know, actually seeing him, I'm like, all right, you know, I do like these guys, they're great, and stuff like that. But, like I said, I think it's, I just want the payoff to be bigger. 
we've had to suffer yeah. with you. I don't want to say suffer, but we've had to, you know, see Roman dominate everyone yeah. for the last couple years. Like, I want, I want the oh shit moment. I want the fuck yeah, finally, you know. And not saying it's been bad, but it's like finally somebody took it off of them. Like, you know, cool. Like, that's awesome. And I don't think Riddle on a, on a Friday Night SmackDown is that. I don't think it is either. Uh, I let's see in the chat a little bit. Carol says, "How's the money bank gonna work? Because some can someone challenge for just one title right now? It doesn't seem like it, but maybe." Uh, mm. Lunar says, and this is this is typical lunar shit right here. This is this is as lunar <laughs> as it gets. He goes, "If Reigns drops the drops to Riddle, then Riddle is the transitional champion because he'll drop it to Goldberg." Lunar is always <laughs> trying to find out a way to get the title back on Goldberg. He is. I'll tell you right now. If Goldberg's not in Money in the Bank, he's not going to be that interested. He wants – he's been saying for years he wants Goldberg to have uh, the Money in the Bank so he could be the Goldberg in the bank. And then he'll get the title that way. Like, that's just how Lunar is, dude. He's such a Goldberg fan. He's, like, blinded by it all. He loves Gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, and, you know, if – you know, let's just say the end goal is to is, get it on Goldberg. Is yeah, Goldberg, is Goldberg on uh, with a gray beard? Is that silver and Goldberg? <laughs> it's white Goldberg. <laughs> uh, put it on Bobby at that but, point? Maybe. Yeah, because Bobby still killed his son. That's true. Bobby did destroy his son. Well, he... Severely hurt his son, and then Goldberg had to go over there and choke his own son out, so his son would quit smiling. Yes, yes, this is true too. Uh, Kuro says uh, says that not even Quebec like Sami Zayn. He's he's being a dick today. I don't know his problem. I don't know his issues. That's the yeah. problem. <laughs> the weather's getting to him. Yeah, he's getting all high headed over there. No, and like I said, like you know. Sammy's not the draw you want him to be in his eyes or in your eyes, yes. But, and I don't but see well, me. well, let's say this even AJ, Seth Rollins, uh, I think Roman, well, Becky. I'm just saying, like names of when someone's on that on that flyer, that people are going to say, well, we got to go to see them. I don't think Riddle's 100%. at that point right now. I think Riddle's another no, name on the card right now. No, 100. percent And I agree with you though. The thing is, is that. Uh, Excuse me. Most of the marquee guys, if you will, most of them are on Raw. Yes. You know, like if Seth got Except it, or AJ Zane. got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'd be like I'm trying to think of outside of Riddle coming from Raw to SmackDown. Like who's SmackDown's like top guys? Honestly, honestly, I would put uh, uh, Drew McIntyre up there. Oh is, yeah, is Baron that. on SmackDown or Raw? Because Corbin, I think that he's he could get there. I don't think Corbin's but too think far he, off. I don't think so either. But I think he, like he, you, were making the point with Riddle and that he's not there yet. He could get there. I think Baron's there. Yeah. Or Baron, Baron's not there yet, but or Happy, it's not Baron anymore. Excuse me. That's true. Happy Dumbass. isn't there yet. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just a little tough. I, mean, I don't see they, them. Like, 
Yeah, and I and I'm I also just think that by the at the end of the day, I don't think that the WWE was shocked by Roman's schedule. I don't think they're trying to backtrack. I think that I think they're just doing it the way they were going to do it anyways. I don't think that there's been a big mm. shift in anything, but I think that us as fans and want a fantasy book, I think it's totally fine too. And I do think it's mm. kind of cool. Like, let's see. I don't know. Does uh, I don't think Riddle's that guy yet, but this might make him that guy, right? I don't know. We'll see. Time will tell. Other than that, maybe it could be MJF, dude. No. MJF could I join Money in the Bank, win it, cash in. I mean, it'd be funny. It'd be great. Uh, I also just like Paul Heyman on commentary. He was hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. Like, outside of, like, I thought the match was great outside of the finish. Like, and like I said, unless they're trying to throw me the curveball, swerve, you know, I was expecting somebody to interfere, something to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it just didn't happen. And then, especially for the Usos to come in afterwards and attack with which then debunks your theory of, you know, well, they don't think of him as a threat. Well, they clearly think of him as a threat or else they wouldn't have gone out there and attacked him. Well, yeah, but once they knew that he won, was then, next, they got a week, yeah. then they got to weaken him up, right? Yeah. But then they got their asses. Riddle's next. Yeah. For Lunar. Yeah, for Lunar. He's next. Uh, let's see. Well, let's talk Raw. Dude, Raw, I felt like, was such a floundering show. It had a few really great segments and matches, but they were few and far between, if I'm being honest. Yeah. A lot of it was Raw just kind of like, okay. was that turd that just won't flush. The nugget? It just seemed like, yeah, that, that one nugget where it's like, all right, it's done. You know, we're good. No. And, you know, it just... Yeah. It was hard. It was really hard. I was watching it live. And yeah, for a lot of it, I was just like disinterested in it. I'm like sitting there. If I'm being honest, yes. uh, AJ versus Seth, I think was my favorite part of the show. And it should have closed the show. It should have closed the show. Real quick, going on that, you know, they, you know, all the times we've seen AJ versus Seth, every single time, they said, this could be the WrestleMania main event. You're getting a WrestleMania main event here in wherever, or on Raw, or SmackDown, wherever yeah. it's been. You know, they hype it up so much. And going into the show, I kept thinking that it was going to be the main event. And yeah. then it happened, and I was like, okay. And then I kept uh, kept watching, and I kept I forget which segment it was, but I was like, oh, are they going to end on this? And I completely forgot that, you know, the pose-off was going to happen. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like, seriously? And then I, like, I wanted to turn off the pose-off so bad. And I'm like, nope, something big's going to happen. They wouldn't save it for the end because, you know, unless something big's going to happen. And all we got was... A uh, regular pose-off. Yeah, a regular pose-off with a money shot with baby oil. And that was it. Yeah. Dude, the irony of that pose-off being in the main event is if it was at any other part of the show, it would have been a totally good segment. Yeah. It would have been fine. Yeah, 
it would have been fine at even if you put it at like the top of the hour second hour great cool yeah. here's two dudes acting like you know jocks austin theory's coming off as a total douchebag mm-hmm. um bobby's nice guy but he's a physical specimen it was great as far as pushing that particular story along but at the end of it nothing had happened that you didn't expect to happen you didn't you weren't surprised by any of the outcomes like it yeah. just was a storytelling mechanism to get to the next part and so at the end of the show is the closer of it you kind of went like what usually you leave on a big on a big pop you know or big like yeah. even even comedians a land with one big joke you know like a cliffhanger yeah. a massive something like yeah it was, it will. I think it, it's completely been knocked by the fact of where it was in the show. If it was anywhere else yeah. in the show, I think people would have been like, "Pretty solid segment, does what it needs to do." Yeah, it, it was what it was. Yeah, yeah. But for it to end the show, if can you imagine if they didn't have like a dark match, and it's like, all right, everyone go home. Like, how pissed would you be if you yeah. were in the arena? And like I said, you got uh, Theory playing with his baby oil and squirting it in. Bobby's face and okay, that's it. Clear the arena. Yeah, and I don't even know what the dark match was, but it had better have been fire. Yeah, or else I would have been pissed paying money and seeing that shit. Yeah, and to be honest, like yeah, dude. I mean, and I'm looking at even the matches and stuff. Like even the opening thing, Miz TV with Riddle and Heyman and and is that when Chompa well, came and, out? Like, but that was okay that at was, best. And it was it, like the Trampa uh, match with uh, Riddle. Was it? Riddle, yeah, yeah. It was all right. Like it was just, to me, I just didn't understand where Trampa fit in the whole scenario. Yeah, I, I didn't quite get that. But you know, it opens up with you know Miss TV and then Riddle, and then they're like, "Oh, this Friday, this Friday." You know, they're making the match of Riddle versus Roman a marquee match, and it should be because. You know, that's going to be the main event on Friday. But if it wasn't solidified before, this Raw, with how much they pushed SmackDown, shows which is the A and the B show. Mm. Yeah, that's true. What do you think about the stipulation? If Riddle doesn't win, he never gets another shot at the title while Roman holds it. You think that means that he's going to win or he's going oh, to have to lose? I didn't hear that. No, you know, that's the stipulation that Paul Heyman added to oh, it. Really? He'll never get another shot. Oh, wait, I did remember that, right? He slightly added that. He's a like at the end. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, like I said, I want the payoff to be bigger. Oh, shit. Loses. You know what it might mean? What? That Riddle loses on Friday and wins money in the bank. Maybe. Because yeah. then that's the only way that the stipulation can't hold because, mm-hmm. you know, because then he's guaranteed that. Until Riddle throws a curveball and goes after the 24-7 title with money in the bank. That'd be good. <laughs> Wait, uh, and, like, he wins it, so it stats it pop, pops their stats. Yeah, look. Yeah. 90% yeah. success rate. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it, guys. Uh, let's see. Kira says, uh, when the stipulation is the person never gets another shot, uh, the move is win by DQ. That's not how it worked for Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Look at him now. But 
He could win by DQ. I think what's going to happen, he's going to lose. They're going to say, oh, you don't get it, you don't get it. And he's going to get in Money in the Bank, win Money in the Bank, because I think Cody Rhodes is going to win Royal Rumble. But If he's back, which he should be. Yeah. I think he would come back even if he wasn't supposed to come back. I think he's a maniac. Can you imagine he comes back, re-injures himself in the Rumble, purple. and then fucking has to wrestle at WrestleMania with a purple arm again? <laughs> <laughs> Like his new gimmick is the con- constantly working hurt. Be terrible, yeah. dude. Uh, yeah, and like like I agree with you, Champa only fit in here because he was sort of being Miz's mercenary, like going after people in Miz's storylines. But it was never like really stated. It just kind of was. It kind of was what it was if you looked at it. But now it's shown that he's largely ineffective. He was able to beat Mustafa Ali, who everyone else has beat the shit out of, and he's not able to beat Matt Riddle, who's in the way of them getting what they're trying to do. Yeah. You know, like, he's ineffective. So it kind of diminished Ciampa here to lose this way. Yeah. But like oh, I said, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a bad match, but it definitely wasn't great for Ciampa. No. And Ciampa's uh, one of the guys that I want to see him pushed and... Yes. You know. I see him do some cool shit. Yeah. Uh, Even Jimmy with... Because, like, Ciampa's, like, me kind of always been the... Uh, kind of like the... A loose cannon, Brian Pillman type. You don't know what he'll do, and like I think he, you know, I obviously don't want to see him go down the ranks that far, but you know, I think it'd be cool to see him with the twenty four seven title. And like, no, oh, we're just... gonna turn it back into the hardcore title or something. Do like, like what I said that they should have done with Aleister Black, where he yeah. wins it and people don't want to come after it, and he like sits yeah. in the ring and just goes like, "Come on, let's do this," and just like beats the yeah. shit out of people, and makes it like a difficult thing to get at that point. Yeah, yeah. That could be cool. He literally like lays down and somebody, come on. Yeah. I'll do it with uh, one arm tied behind my back. Yeah. Yeah, that's how he beat Gargano. Mm-hmm. With both arms tied behind his back. He beat Gargano in a no holds barred match, so we know he can do it against losers. Yeah. Like Gargano sucks. <laughs> you guys can have him. Keep him. Uh Jimmy Uso versus Montez Ford. <laughs> I wonder what you thought about it. No no give backs. Yeah. Um Montez Ford versus oh yeah um it was it was a good match. Like, I liked it for Montez Ford. It, there was one part where he was really yeah. goofy, but for the most part, he was taking the match really seriously. Yeah, and he looks like he's I putting on some size. I'm seeing him progress. Yeah, like you said, when I took you know after Mania and I you know didn't watch for a while. When I came back, I was like, there's something different about the Street Profits. And more so Montez Ford, and maybe this is what everyone's been talking about. Like, hey, he's you know, he clearly has talent, but yeah, it's like he's taking the next step in his career or evolution. Like, it seems like he is aware that their act is getting stale. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And not stale in a way that like people are turning on him and people don't like him anymore, but stale in the way of it's same old, same old right now. And so he's yeah. starting to shift it where I don't think Dawkins has picked up on that. Cause he's like doubling down on being the same as ever where mm-hmm. he even seems like he's getting in worse shape. Cause he was getting in good shape for a little while. And now it seems like he's getting, getting off of that. Looks gassier he's than ever. Probably shits his pants. I don't know, but I would guess. <laughs> I mean, it'd be interesting if all of a sudden he brings back the stink face. 
Ooh, that would be good. But you could hear it. (laughs) 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 But so I like the match. I actually liked it. Yeah, you just start seeing people puke in the ring. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a bad match, but it, you know, they're kind of building uh, Street Profits versus Usos, but, you know, outside of just the wrestling match, like, storyline-wise, I wasn't that interested in it, but the match was good. And I was watching this match differently than I watched a lot of the other ones, because it's like, okay, I want to see what Montez is going to do on his own here. Instead of just being, like, in the story story, this was really, I was watching it, like, out of story and just being, like, what is he presenting as himself right now? Because I feel like there's been a shift. And I want to see what he's like without his partner so much, right? And I was like, can he get a little Mm -hmm. bit serious? And this this one was a lot more serious, and I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, Kira says, watch Cody come back and enter Money in the Bank and win all with a post-surgery injury just to cash it in at SummerSlam when Roman's fighting someone else. Maybe Seth and Cody... Uh, does to Seth what Seth did to Reigns and Lesnar. I think it's possible, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think that we're setting up Matt Riddle to win. Or Riddle, as it were. Uh, let's see. I'm liking the Oscar Becky stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know. It wasn't like episode changing, but they did their thing. Cool. Yeah. I like it. Well, and, and the thing that got me with this is, you know, we talked about it last week with Becky and you know she's going after the 24-7 title and it's like why what she did with it was or you know to Dana where she attacked her and then she's like I don't give a shit about that title cool I like that but I think this would have been a nice point to have Dana lose the 24-7 title you know, because Becky attacked her. Mm. And then you're actually elevating uh, Dana back into the women's division. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm going after Becky. She cost me my title. This and that. and yeah. then... That could have been a nice you know, I think that, pivot. Yeah, I think that could have been a nice launching pad for her. Yeah. And, you know, outside of that, we're just getting Oscar versus Becky. I don't like that they're... That... As of now, you know, one of them is going to miss Money in the Bank. But like you said, a lot of the times it's like, all right, you know, double elimination. You all get one more shot. Whoever wins this gauntlet or rumble or whatever gets in. But it just feels weird that Asuka or Becky won't be in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though I don't think Becky needs to be in it. You know, if Becky is, is is in it, I don't think she wins it by any means because she doesn't need it. Mm. Outside of elevating and putting her name in the match, elevating, you know, who's in it, like, I don't think she should win it because, you know, we've said it with, you know, several other people that have won Rumble or Money in the Bank in the past where it's like, you know, they could literally just ask for a title shot and probably get it if they wanted. Yeah, because that's the other problem with the, the world that they've created is the amount of times they've had people do that successfully. I want a championship title match. Adam Pearce comes out, sounds good to me. Here you go. And no one's it's no one official. has to earn shit. Yeah. yeah. 
So there is that because typically, I mean, you have guys, sometimes uh, guys and women who win these things and you go, well, they don't need it because they could just got it. But storyline wise is, is why they need it. Like Stone Cold mm-hmm. was at the height of his career when he was winning Royal Rumble, but it was because he needed it as a character because it didn't make him a star. It, it was the character Vince weren't, wasn't going to let him. So now Vince didn't have yeah. a say in it anymore. You know what I mean? So they had to work well, the around it. Well, the chips were, yeah. Yeah, the, you know, the ball wasn't in his court where he could have asked, at that moment, he couldn't ask for a title shot. Yeah, and even if the champion said he wanted it, you know, Vince wouldn't have given it to him. Mm-hmm. So this was the only way to circumvent yeah. Vince. So, and also, you could say that Brock Lesnar never needed money in the bank, but Brock in the bank was awesome. Oh, yeah. You know I mean? The Brock Party. Yeah. So it's it's tough. I would say that like I agree that Becky doesn't need it, but I also think that Becky would make the most of it, and I think that it could oh, be yeah. a fun little thing. But I mean, we'll see. We will see. Uh, speaking of Money in the Bank, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan win their way into Money in the Bank against uh, Dewdrop and uh, Nikki Ash. I like this match. I like the pairing between Liv and Alexa. Um, it is a little weird to see a women's tag match knowing that there's no tag titles for them to go for, and that's part of the reason why... Like, I know there were we stipulations the on the match. Yeah, they did the yeah. Money in the Bank thing, but it also doesn't make sense for two people to qualify because one person pins someone else. Like, it was a stretch to me, and it kind of, to me, highlighted the importance of the tag titles, giving tag women a purpose that makes sense, something to fight for. Bailey and Sasha had always said that was part of their... Uh, reason behind it of wanting it was that they had all these tag matches for no reason and no stakes like putting two of them in money in the bank to me doesn't feel the same as stakes right it just sort of so a bummer we don't have the tag titles right now but cool to see Alexa and Liv in there and I think that Alexa Liv and Lacey right now are all three people who could believably take that briefcase you know oh yeah and the match was solid I think they all worked really well together yeah 100% yeah, I mean, it's it is weird that a tag uh, tag match, you know, gets you qualified for Money in the Bank. But the only thing I didn't like is that you have a kind of established team lose mm-hmm. to two people that were just thrown together. But since it was a one-off, then you know, all right, you yes. kind of get a slide for it. I'm okay, but. But yeah, yeah. It, to me, it highlighted the the lack of women's tag right now, which is a yes. bummer. But yes, it, that was like a downside of a good match. And to be honest, the only other thing, well, I liked Bianca Belair's promo and the back and forth she had with Ripley. I did like that. It wasn't the greatest thing of all time, but it was neat. I'm happy to see where that's going. And outside of that, the only other thing that I really liked was uh, Ezekiel and Kevin Owens, just because I think that what they're doing is solid, and everything else was just kind of static to me yeah yeah like you know Ezekiel and KO they've uh, you know they've had their recent problems with each other and you know it continued the storyline and I thought it was interesting that uh, Ezekiel said that Elias was going to return next week yes yes yeah so next week we're going to get a concert and, with Elias. Well, and that's what I was going to uh, – I kind of started talking to you briefly about it uh, pre-show was that um, 
that little segment wasn't on Hulu. Oh. Because I watched it. Yeah, I watched it live, and I uh, wanted to go back, you know, to that segment. And when I tried to find it on Hulu, it wasn't there. So I thought it was kind of interesting, but then I was like, well, it makes sense because that was more of a a mid-card thing, you yeah. know. But, yeah, it just sucked that that was, uh, that was cut. Yeah. That, yeah that, that was, like, truthfully, that was probably, if I had to pick a highlight of the night, it was kind of that. Yes. I'm like, okay, well, let's let's see where we're going to go with this. That was, like, the biggest cliffhanger. Even if the show ended on that, I would have been like, all right, cool. Yeah. You know? them have their, but, their match you have kevin owens screaming and and ezekiel saying hey next week you're gonna have a concert uh and you're gonna see uh my brother elias i like how he goes he looks a little older and you're like okay this is gonna be good already yeah oh yeah yeah this is gonna go great uh but yeah you're absolutely right that's more of a cliffhanger than than anything in the pose down and it actually made me really yeah. excited to see where all this coming week i was like i can't fucking wait to see what they do with his ezekiel kevin owens elias thing and like you said, it moved the story along just fine, but also the storytelling capabilities of K- KO and Ezekiel, the Zeke freaks. I like how, uh, I love uh, that. yeah, uh, Corey Graves was calling them um, Zeke geeks. Like, yeah, it's just so good. All of the stuff they're doing. And I, and I you know, I like. I like that Ezekiel like rushed the catchphrase. He's going to remind you that WWE stands for walk with Elias. Like he messed it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like purposely. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 That little detail yeah. was so perfect to me. Like, of course he wouldn't do it right. He's not Elias. Yeah. He's not Elias. So yeah. 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 I, uh, uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was funny. And, uh, I, you know, I like Elias and Ezekiel, obviously, but I like, you know, we, I haven't talked about it, but I like his, his gear. He looks like a, yes, an ultimate warrior, Texas tornado, like yeah. with the armbands. He doesn't have them hanging, but you know, to me, it's a big shout out to like the nineties guys, the early nineties guys. Yeah. Cause those guys used to wear bands on their arms all the time. Even the guys who yeah. didn't have tassels had bands. You know what I mean? Like, on, it was a second. thing. You good? Yeah, I'll be right back. All right. Well, I mean, I didn't have a ton more, so now I'm really confused. Uh, uh, but, yeah, uh, I like... Oh. Um, your audio broke. I'm going to have to mute you here, so you're going to have to wave me down when you come back because it's uh, echoing back into me. But... The uh, yeah, the Ezekiel stuff, his look, bringing back Elias, it's awesome. As far as the rest of the show, like I was saying, uh, there's nothing else that I thought was really that that notable. Seth is in the Money in the Bank now. He qualified against that match of AJ that we referenced. We didn't mention that. Uh, MVP defeating Cedric Alexander to me was kind of was what it was. Staticky. Uh, Chad Gable versus Mustafa Ali felt like that could have been on dark match before the show like it didn't feel like it was doing anything for anybody if i'm being honest like i like both those guys and think they're both really good but i don't see at all what purpose that held or what where we got with it 
Uh, and then Veer defeating Rey Mysterio with submission. This is another one that just feels like we've had a... I don't know. Uh, we didn't mention it before because we already talked to Bobby Lashley theory. Uh, but Max Dupree was supposed to be on SmackDown and he didn't make it to SmackDown because they said of a travel issue on their Twitter. Yes. They said it was because he was stuck in Europe or some shit. And so now people are all like, oh, he's going to go get Cesaro. And if he was really stuck in Europe, then this has nothing to do with storyline. <laughs> if he was actually stuck in Florida and they said Europe, then maybe. But... I don't know. I think Veer is somebody who could easily move into the Max Dupree stable, and I'm excited to see what they do this week, too. I'm actually more excited this week than last week just because we're probably going to actually get Max Dupree's debut here and because we're going to get Elias coming back. Those are, like, my two most excited things. And we're going to see Sami Zayn try to rebuild confidence from the bloodline. That's going to be great. Yeah. I mean... The thing with Max Dupree, it's like whatever. I'm not that interested in maximum male models and stuff. But, you know, I think it did uh, create more buzz online than anything else. Yeah. You know, like you said, with Cesaro and stuff like that. And, you know, if Veer's on there, I mean, I was going to say it. Like, when's that guy going to be in a a hair match? Because he's got a straight lion mane. On yeah. his head. Yeah, he looks crazy, dude. But yeah, man, I don't I don't think I have anything else from the shows that kind of just wasn't wasn't the best week for Raw. Raw was kind of flat a lot of it. They yeah. were just like there were just like segments here and there that was like, okay, that was pretty cool. But overall it was just like on where SmackDown I was like glued for the matches, but a lot of in between matches I was kinda like, What's uh what's this? Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just kind of a weird week. It, so I was gonna say I was thinking about it. Like, what do you think the uh, the odds are if uh, they drop um, Calling Theory, Vince McMahon's protege, now with everything else? Oh, that's a good point. Like, you think they'd have to, right? Yeah. I guess they would just not bring it up at as least, much. Yeah, I mean, at least, yeah, make it not as, you know, apparent and... You know, at least until more facts start coming in. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe I'm just biased and weird about stuff, but it's like... People are really hammering home the idea that Vince had affairs with people. And I just don't feel like I can muster up any give-a-fuck about something like that. A powerful rich dude getting, getting... hooked up with people sticky somewhere else yeah you know you, you like, know what i mean like that shit i feel like that happens in like every fucking where like i've seen that shit in 100%. business and companies that i've worked in that are not billion dollar companies it just seems like such a yeah. minute thing to me that everyone's getting wrapped up on and i feel like i should care more than i do it's probably shitty but it's like well see okay. this to me this runs along the, the lines of the whole johnny depp amber heard thing like yes why was that such big fucking deal Mm-hmm. But yes, he's a big name celebrity. He lost hired to the Caribbean thing supposedly because of this. Not supposedly because of all the allegations and shit like that. But like, to me, that's not like fucking front page news. I don't care. Two people yeah. got messy divorce and they're fighting about things. 
fuck. Who cares? Yeah. Let them and deal like with you that. said, with Vince McMahon, the only thing that I would say that might come up with WWE, you know, like you said, if rich guys have affairs, is it right? No. Do they do it? Yes. Did he, is, did he pay hush money? Yes. People pay hush money. They have the means to do that. Yeah. The only thing with Vince is that if he was taking like straight like company money and paying these women off. Yeah. Assuming they're women. <laughs> you know? yeah. But like you know, it is his business, you know, the shareholders and stuff like that. Like if he took money from the shareholders and like you know what I mean? Like Yeah, I know. Dude, what a, I'm trying to that's the I think only what... time I think what we're both trying to say is that my hunch is that this is going to become non-news real fast. I think the WWE is doing an internal investigation. If I had to bet, it sounds like they have a lot of evidence that came out about them finding non-disclosure things. I don't think the company or the person are supposed to talk about it. So I think that somebody who leaked it may get fired. I don't think the I don't think Vince will get fired. I think that if anything, Vince pays back the company, and then everyone moves on. Because it sounds like a small amount of money for some, like, personal shit that he shouldn't have probably done. Small amount but of money for him. For him. For a billion-dollar yeah, company? Yeah. Like, it seems yeah. like he could just sell a few stock and be moving forward. Like, I think it's going to blow over and people are going to be pissed about it is what I think is going to happen. I think the company is yeah. going to deal with it internally, and it will just move on with him. And people are going to be like, how could this happen? Like, that shit doesn't happen in all other companies all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just not made public. Yeah. And like you said, the person that made it public probably going to be losing their job. That person probably get fired and everyone's going to be pissed and say they're mm-hmm. firing the whistleblower. And it's, I think it's going to be a bigger mess on the other side is what I mean. Cause I think that it's going to become a real non-factor yeah. for the company. And I think people are going to lose their minds about that. That's my hilarious. Hunch. That it's all just storyline. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's for the story. <laughs> yeah. We'll just see how it plays out. <laughs> Yeah, it's just that we Austin Theory can have an affair on one of his in one of his storylines, mm-hmm. Reese or something. You know what I mean? It's got to be somebody. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't think we have any other wives in there. Becky's not going to be part of something like that. So, but yeah. I think that's all I got, man. I think that's it. Maybe Lacey. Maybe. Oh, Lacey. Lacey. That's a good I'll, point. Is Vince's? Who was it? Oh, it's supposed to be. It was Rick. Flair's. It's Flair's child. And, and so Vince, up. Vince is covering it up with this protege theory. Yeah, that's probably how it's all going to play out. Yeah. If I had to venture, I guess. All right, man. Anything else that you think that we got to hit? Because I think that Raw was kind of lackluster, and I think covering it about 20 minutes felt about right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. It was so. what it was. It was rough to watch it. Ready to move on. I'm ready to see Elias this week. I'm excited. I pulled out my old Walk with Elias T-shirt so I can wear it on Monday. Yeah, it's gonna be good, man. It's gonna be a good time. Uh, anybody who is interested, I do. Uh, I do want to just shout out real quick. Ringscoops.com. I've been doing recaps for their YouTube for Smackdowns. It's just kind of a precursor to our show where we have a proper sit-down drink with our drinking buddies, the Ironics, to really break it down frame by frame. Uh, but if you want a quick recap with a quick concept of of how I'm leaning, that's the place to find it at ringscoops.com. Outside of that, wrestlingonrocks.com, you can find all of our stuff. 
Uh, find us on TikTok. What is it? W O T R one episode. Oh my God! You've been yelling me about it. You don't even know what it is. I don't have it memorized. It's not the same. All right, we're gonna tweet it out. It'll be in our bio or something. Hashtag new bio. <laughs> uh, yeah. So check us out there. Uh, apart from that, guys, you can find at Kevlar on the rocks tweeting incessantly, consistently, nonstop. That guy does never gets tired of tweeting. Um, he did freeze though, so I think that his thing disconnected. Uh, which is funny to me. But, guys, I'm at Ref Marsh. We want to thank you all for coming through and having a drink and being our drinking buddies for the night. Uh, outside of that, we're going to be back tomorrow night talking to uh, Miss Amanda Jane and uh, Shakes Montana. And maybe, just maybe, uh, uh, we may have a clump back in action. Uh, so come back tomorrow night right here in the dive bar of the IWC for another drink right here on episode one. Is that right? That's got to be close to right. All right, I'm back. I don't know what the hell happened. I just did last call. I said, last, oh, I said that's last call. You want to do it? Say cheers. Yeah. Cheers, I fell down. Right. You fell? Great. Mm-mm. It's only episode one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Continue to support us or buy us a drink by following and putting the I and subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers! I would never have a drink with less than on the rocks.